Welcome to episode 194 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. And this week, we've got a ton of stuff to talk about. We've got all kinds of stuff. Big doings. That's right. One of which is Tim Salt from Clutch. Yes. Is on our podcast. Yes. A member of Clutch is now on the Thunder Underground podcast. I would say that that's a huge, uh, what's the right word? Uh, accomplishment. accomplishment. There you go. I think we can just go ahead and end it all now. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're done. We reached that level because yeah. we've had, you know, Gene Simmons on, huge rock stars, right? Members of Megadeth and right. whatever. But Clutch is one of those bands that just rides that line of being top level of no matter what genre you want to talk about. Rides that line? What are you talking about? They fucking grab that line by the haunches That's and right. have their way with it. Clutch is one of those bands. Well, I'm, maybe I meant to say walks down that line. There you go. They, they, you know, they're a constant with me and you and, you know, the rest of our friends. We all love them. Um, so to have Tim Salt on the show is uh, quite an honor. And, you know, uh, since 94, goddamn, you know. That's right. <coughs> Sorry, I'm going to cough. I'm going to fucking sniffle. I'm still goddamn sick. Hey, I think my voice probably sounds that way, too. My I ears are clogged. I can't even tell if I'm I, talking too loud or what. I haven't shaken this thing. You know what? You know what I did yesterday. Never uh, done in my life. Uh, the nasal rinse. Oh wow! I've never and, done that. It sucked balls. But did it help? After yes, it, it did. Me- Mel said you're going to do this, and I said no. The fuck, I'm not. I'm not going to shove anything up my nose. She goes, quit being a fucking baby. And I shoved this thing up my nostril. And she squeezed the hell out of it, and it came all out the other fucking nostril. Wow. And I'm fucking tearing up, hacking snot everywhere, tears. I'm like a gigantic, whiny, fucking hairy infant, you know, throwing a fit. And But I swear to God, the things that came out of my nose, it just I've never seen in my life. There was like this big gigantic piece of like black plastic or something <laughs> that probably been in there since two thousand two. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you got that at that uh, uh downset concert. Fuck, probably. That would have been ninety nine, two thousand two. <laughs> that have been Dust for Life concert. God, I think that's it. Did we ever see them? No, I wish. Man, maybe the Deadlights. Yeah. No, I don't know if we ever saw the Deadlights. Yeah. At, at you know, the time. singer for the Deadlights passed away. Yeah, that was last year. A couple year, right? years ago, yeah, yeah, or last year. But Dust for Life, I don't know. They're, I don't know that, you know, they're probably like working at a rubber factory or something now. I don't know. I don't hey, know. Whatever pays the bills. Maybe they can get back together like Trent Hipster. Or, yeah, which was awesome. Or work at a Trader Joe's like Jeffrey from The Cosby Show. That's right. Uh, or it was, was that his name? That was the name on the show, yeah. Okay, there you go. That's all we need to know. <laughs> but, but you know, the moral of the story, or the the end of the story is, I have to do this all over again, because I'm still fucking... Yeah. It, it sucks. Time, might, it's I'm, time of the year. I might know. try that myself. It's like, fuck, I don't know. So, anyways, <laughs> back to, I don't even know what we were talking about. Clutch, that's right. Right. Well, before we get into that, we are sponsored by DEB Concerts. DEB Concerts, based out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. They bring in tons of shows here for us. Most of these shows, or all of them so far that I know of, except one, have been at the Ideal Ballroom. Yes. And they're all kick-ass. Every one of them. Either both of us or one of us have been to probably 90% of these shows. Yeah. Everyone from Winger to Dawkins, Sebastian Bach, Lita Ford, Warrant, 
Um, they did. Who else am I forgetting? Firehouse, Firehouse with yeah. his, uh, was with Warrant. Yeah, Striper. Striper. Steelheart, Bisto Blanco. The list is very long, and it keeps growing. Yes. We just saw Tom Kiefer here a couple weeks ago, and here in a couple weeks from now, November 3rd, The Mighty Kicks. Fucking A, Randy. Can't wait for this. They are touring on the 30-year anniversary of Blow My Fuse. Okay. So you know there will be a heavy dose of songs from that album. Okay. As there always is, but they've got some great new music out as well you should check out. But while you're there, get out there early because our good friends in Rocket Science will be opening the show. Our great, great friends. That's right. Who have been on this podcast multiple times. Yes. Along with the band Sweat and Bullets. Like we said, that's November 3rd. Then going into December on the 8th, LA Guns is coming back. They've been out there about a year ago. But this time, it's a double bill with Junkyard. Man, I dude, see Junkyard, I can't believe it. Yeah, no, we great. We talked about that for years. Like, why wasn't Junkyard at the first three Rockahomas when it had no all those shit. bands from that era there? Nah. But finally, DEB Concerts is making our dreams a reality. That's right. And you know who they need to get next? Ugly Kid Joe. Well, Queensryche. Jesus. Jackal. Yep. Dead Daisies. <laughs> You're not fucking around. Well, you ask. How about this one? <laughs> Dangerous Toys. There you go. What the fuck, man? Dangerous fucking toys. What if... Jason Master. He lives in Texas. It's not far. Yeah. Let's do this. They could do a double bill with them and Broken Teeth. Oh, my God. They even dude. have Sleazebees open. Dude. Or Slick Toxic. You keep bringing them up. I barely ever listen to them. What I love Slick Tracy. I don't fucking remember. I listen. I remember one song. What about there. Spread Eagle? Yeah, I love Spread Eagle. What about way. King of the Hill? I don't know. I can't remember them much. You know? But what Spread about Eagle's, Rocks Gang? <laughs> Spread Eagle's first album. I could keep going. It's highly underrated. What about Sweet F.A.? I don't know. Scott Squires could tell you whether or not they should be there. Okay. Which, by the way, Scott Squires is a member of Rocket Science. Yes. And we've mentioned like 40 times over the past three years that we were going to have him on to talk like a full-on glam metal episode. We, and we still need to do it. So I'm just saying that again publicly so it will we put can it kick out our into ass the, into gear. Yes, yeah. Because I know he'll be down to do it. It'll be the glam slam metal jam. There you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? Yeah. Right? Fucking A. But back to the Junkyard LA Gun show that will be opened by our good friends in the band Grind. Yes, I can't wait. You'll hear what more about them coming up here in a while. Yes. Yes, you will. And then, February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day, the love of Jason's life, Biff Byford. That's right. Will be at the Ideal Ballroom, along with his four bandmates in Saxon. It, it, love of my musical life. I mean, they're one of my top favorite. I mean, I can't fucking begin to tell you how much Saxon means to me. That's right. And I will not bullshit. You know, even in my 20s and most of my 30s, I was oblivious. But, you know, in the past 12 years or so, I've really, I mean, they're just, I mean, I, I just glommed on to them and they're Well, we saw them that year the at Rocklahoma, like yes. the second or third year. And, and I remember a year or so since. before that, I really got into it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I can't wait. This is going to be, it's going to be madness. Well, earlier in the year, they came to the BOK with Black Star Riders and the Mighty Judas Priest. Of course. And we had Biff Byford on this podcast. So, go back and check that out. But yeah, all these concerts hosted by Eddie Trunk. Yes, of course. So, he's out there every time. He'll talk with you. Go out there, try to stump the trunk. Try to. Yeah, ask him questions about King of the Hill and Sweet F.A. That's right. See if he knows. Yeah, you know? I'm sure he will. Kingdom Come, Brittany Fox. Yeah. Kingdom Come was Greta Van Fleet before Greta Van Fleet, right? 
You know what? Except they weren't as Led Zeppelin as Greta Van Fleet. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say, so we're good. Yeah. But anyway, like we mentioned, thank you to DB Concerts for sponsoring us, for bringing all these great shows to the Ideal Ballroom. Yeah. You can hit up any of the local opening bands and buy tickets directly from them to save yourself service fees, or you can go directly to the Ideal Ballroom website through stub Stubwire and buy these things that way. That's right. But definitely try to hit up the local bands because you're helping them out when you do that. That's right. The, the local openers. That's where it's at, people. Do it. Yeah. And I didn't mention Down for Five will be opening for Saxon. That's awesome. And so, Mud Flux. That's right. Mud Flux so, as well. So, I mean, going to be a great night. Right. All right. Well, like we mentioned, we got a lot to talk about. We just finished this past weekend the first Thunder Underground Fest. Finally, yes. You heard us talking about it for weeks and months. Finally happened. It it it, We're it finally kind of yes. recovered. Exactly right. I would think I'm recovered. Yeah, we're gonna go into a full recap here in just a bit. But before we do, about about a week ago, we saw Clutch with Seven Dust and Tyler Bryant in the Shakedown. Yes, sir. So let's just get into this. Tyler Bryant in the Shakedown. Um, it's a band that I I've only heard one song. I think maybe mm-hmm. two on Sirius. Yeah. Before this, and I liked it, yeah. but I had never went as far as listening. I meant to before the show. Well, I knew their vibe, and I yeah. heard a song or two. And then, you know, a couple of days before the show, I'm like, let me dig in here. So I YouTubed them. Just great, you know, blues-based, you know, rock and roll swagger. I mean, you know, if you like shit like Greta Van Fleet or Rival Sons or Monster Truck, this is right up your alley. You yeah. Know? This, is, this is what you're going to want to put on. Um, they put on a great show. Tyler Bryant is great at the guitar. He's a guitar slinger. He's a blues slinger. Um, you know, and, and for, for an opening set, they, they, they really got everybody going. Well, for an opening set, I was surprised. It's like one of the loudest opening sets I've ever heard at the Canes yeah, oh, Barn. Yeah, yeah. You know, so props to Clutch for not putting restrictions on these dudes like some headliners do. That's right. That's right. And like you said, blues, but this is like heavy rock. Where it's just like a huge, good, you know, hard rock vibe. But like you said, soaked in blues. But there's a couple songs, you know, where they're jamming. It drops down. And it's not just like blues, heavy blues rock. It's just straight up blues. Yeah. And the thing I loved about this band is there's a lot of bands where you can say, you know, that's a hard rock band that's got a blues tinge to them. You know, they're a bluesy based hard rock band. I would say these guys are a blues band. That lean hard rock. Yeah. They're a rock-tinged blues band. There you go. And, you know, they're young, they're hungry, um, you know, and they're fucking ready to go. That's right. They're from Nashville. I mean, they've got all the ingredients. Yeah. So definitely check these guys out if you like the sound of what we just described. Exactly. Then a band came up that me and you have made no bones about how much we freaking love. Exactly. believe is still underrated to this day, which is Seven Dust. They never cease to amaze me. Never. At just how great of a band they continue to be. It's just one of those, like, every time I see them, I know that I love these band, this band to the highest level. But every time I see them, I just go off the deep end and listen to them for, like, two days straight after yeah, that. exactly. Well, I I put in two days straight before that. Yeah. Um, And I've got to say, just... The way things have lined up over the years, 
The only times I've really seen him in the last six, seven years is Rocklahoma. So to see the, to, to see them, excuse right. me, at the Canes was such a treat and it was long overdue. Um, and it, it only makes me want more because I can only imagine what a headlining set would be. Yeah, it's been so long since we've seen that. Yeah. Um, and so, it, 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 and they just, you know, they're, they're just tried and true. I mean, they, they overcame the, their label, their genre, you know, of the time. That they really weren't even, that they weren't in my even opinion, exact, in the first place. You're damn right. Yeah. They weren't, they were, they were just a little bit more than everything else at that time. And I think that's why they're still around today. That's right. You know, because there was, there was times in their set where, you know, they're playing too close to hate, which, you know, I haven't heard them play that in fucking forever. And you're getting all these memories coming back, um, of like, you know, the Oz fests and hearing this stuff for the first time. And, you know, after a whole decade of grunge and alternative and then hearing this and you're like, fuck yeah, heavy shit's back and without a rapper or a DJ. And, you know, so, but then you also have newer songs, um, like Dirty and Thank You that are just as great. And, and you kind of get a memory of just back to two weeks ago. So yeah. it tells you the longevity of this band, the reach of this band. And, um, I think it's great that. They've just, they've been cruising, uh, for 20 years and I'm glad to still have them around and they did amazing. Yeah. They are the pure definition of the hashtag I'll kill no filler. Oh man. I mean, I'm talking about, they're one of the rare bands kind of like clutch where their entire discography yeah. could fall into that label. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, every song and, and every, there's not a, there's not a, a valley in their set. There's not a low point. Yeah. It's all deadly. Yeah, I mean, it. As a huge fan, it was. It's a bummer that they only play late songs, but you knew as an opening band that's what was going to happen. Yeah. But I like what what you pointed out. They opened the show with "Dirty," which mm -hmm. to me is as good as anything they've ever done. Yeah, like sir, you kind of said. Yeah. And then they closed the show with "Thank You," two songs that are from the last two albums. So when you can come out as an opener and open and close with new music and it stand true. Just as good as all that stuff in the middle that yep. is all the stuff people expected to hear. Mm -hmm. That's that's when you know you're it, great. that everybody knew. Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, people were singing along to "Too Close to Hate," like you said. And yeah, that and face to face. Yeah, I was super excited. Like you said, that they played that because I love that freaking song. Yeah, and I listened to that first album like a billion times during oh, that yeah. period. When they, you know, yeah. Because, like that's ingrained in my freaking because like, you know black and bitch are all just so ingrained and you know you're going to hear at least one of them no matter what but then to pull out another track from their first album like too close to hate or something yeah dude that whenever was great man. most bands would have played black instead if, of that you know yeah um dude uh if they fucking if they ever played prayer i would probably shit out of my eyeballs i'm not kidding you <laughs> right that would fucking rule. Well, they played it on those 20th anniversary shows. You know? Yeah, that's right. They they fucking played the whole record, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that'd be awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah. That would be fucking sweet. Yeah. But well, we did a full review on their new album, All I See Is War. Yes. Back after it came out, so go back and check that out. But that's definitely an album you need to check out as well, because it's totally solid. So, can you guys out there tell that we love Seven Dust? Probably so. If not, let us know, but I'm pretty sure we like them. Yeah, 
underground at gmail.com. <laughs> yes. You think you have an opinion one way or the other. That's right. One next step was the Mighty Clutch. That's right. As solid as a rock band as there is in this world. Always fantastic because you never know exactly what you're going to get set-wise. You can't look up on setlist.fm and find mm-hmm. out what Clutch is going to play. Yeah. You can have an idea that there's going to be some new songs, but yeah. the rest of it's all mixed up. And, I, you know, I love that, that every time you see them, you get something a little bit different. That's right. They they mix it up. Yeah, and just like, I think it was Steve Murdoch that said, you know, it's just phenomenal how a No Frills rock band can just be this great at, at in a live setting. Exactly. And just floor you more than theatrical bands can, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not that, you know, uh, 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 Neil Fallon is really the only one moving around. Yeah. But, you know, it's just something about these four guys. I mean, when, when they're up on stage, you, you better fucking watch them. This new album is freaking great. Yeah. We talked about that as well just a few weeks ago. Book of Bad Decisions. The set list was heavy on it, which it should be. And it should, it's a great fucking record. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, again, it's one of those things, you know, every damn song they play. It's so satisfying to go to a show like that. Yeah. And you want to sing along because Neil Fallon is one of the greatest lyricists in this planet. Yeah. You know, he is. Yeah. I just, I can't stress that enough. And that's another thing about this new album. And, you know, I looked at a lot of set lists, you know, over the past, of this tour just to get an idea, you know, of some of the stuff that they were mixing in there. And most of this, the shows are heavy on the new album, mm-hmm. obviously six, seven songs, I think, which is cool because I mean, a lot of bands don't do that. Yeah. You know, they stick to three, maybe four, mm-hmm. especially bands that have been around for 25 years. Yeah. So it's good that these guys don't have that, you know, attitude of being scared of that because they know that their fan base, That's right. they have the fan base that wants that and craves the new stuff just as much as here in prison planet or something show up. Yeah, you know? exactly. So let me ask you, what is your, what's your favorite clutch album? Well, I don't know. I've, I've thought about that before and I can't even, honestly, honestly, in the last couple of years, psychic warfare. Yeah. Which, you know, I don't want to say it's my favorite of all time, but I just like, that's my favorite in recent memory. Gotcha. And I hold it, you know, it's kind of like I said with Seven Dust, every single album is fucking great. Yeah. I mean, Pure Rock Fury is great. Yeah. Um, Elephant Riders, of course. Oh, that's, that's my favorite of all time ever. Yeah. Elephant Riders. There, you are correct on Psychic Warfare. There's something, stars lined up on that album for some reason. Yeah. More than, I mean, I don't know. I love all their shit, but yeah, Psychic Warfare, but. Elephant Riders is, you know, you know, the minute I heard it way back in the day, I fell in love with it. It's my favorite clutch record always will be. Yeah. And we, uh, was it the first tour that, that we saw them when they opened for prong? Yeah. It was like on their very first. Cause it was 95, ni- 1994. Oh, it was dude. four. I thought it was five. It was one, ni- 94, oh. 95. Okay. We're old fuckers. That was a long time ago. We met Neil Fallon. Do you remember that? Yeah. He signed my ticket stub. You still haven't? Oh, God, I don't. That's a good <laughs> fucking question. I don't know. I might. I don't know, man. I don't know. That's insane. But yeah, see, I, I didn't mean, see. It, I didn't. I went into that show. I didn't know him really before the yeah, show. Yeah, I didn't either. As but, a lot of people probably didn't. We and, went because and, of prom. And Dan and, Maines had his back turned the whole time. 
Oh, I forgot about remember that. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, uh, and I remember going away from that. You know, I love prong, but I kept remembering, yeah. like, spacecrafts was stuck in my head for yeah. days after that. How can it not be, dude? Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. So, and here we are 24 years later talking I about them still. I, I don't know. You know, it, it sounds dorky, but as a fan, I'm proud, you know? And we've seen them a million fucking <laughs> times, and it never gets old. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is we saw them. On that tour they did where they took Prong back they took out. Prong out with him. Yeah. Yes. What, five or six years ago? That was great. Yes. Yeah. Let's do this. Let's get into this interview. Yes, definitely. This is Tim Salt from Clutch. lineup with these three bands is that something you guys seek out as a headliner or is that just the way it falls with who's available uh you know it's a little bit of both we always just like touring with good bands no matter who they are or what they sound like and uh, we've known seven does forever and Tyler Wright and the shakedown are awesome yeah so we're happy to be out with a diverse lineup of heavy bands different brands of heavy yeah yeah yeah, that's important, kind of, you know, showing everybody what what's uh, what's out there. So, so getting to book of bad decisions, um, you know, Vance Powell, talk about what he what he brought to it and uh, how you ended up with him. Uh, JP, our drummer, was out looking around for producers, and uh, he found him. Um, I think he just brought a lot of natural tones and live takes. To the table. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, it was a lot of fun being able to go and play a different, a lot of different uh, vintage apps and stuff I'd never even heard of, never tried out before. And uh, yeah, it was just a totally different recording experience for us. We'd never recorded in Nashville before, and uh, yeah, I have no complaints whatsoever about the recording process. After you know so many years together and so many records, what do you still look for in a producer? You know what what's what's the role you want them to play? You think? Um, yeah, good question. I mean, every producer is different, um, but you know, we just need somebody that can make us sound like what we sound like live. Yeah, it's just kind of hard to screw up. Would you guys look for someone that's like a fifth member of the band, or I mean, you don't really want someone that's just gonna be a yes man, I guess. But yeah, that's true. I mean, we definitely do like to, you know, hear the producer's opinion on the song, or possibly the arrangement, or something like that. But you know, it really depends on who the guy is themselves. Some some producers really insert themselves more into the songwriting than others do. But for us personally, um, on this album, we did all the pre-production ourselves. So what you're hearing is mostly us. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> for better or worse. The album, to me, sounds like the song is going a little bit more different directions than the last couple albums. Is that um, Vance's influence, you think? Or is that just no, the not way necessarily. You um, those were the 15 songs that we wrote before we came into the studio. 
And that's just what we had to go with right there. So we ended up recording them all and just decided to keep them all and put them all out at the same time. Originally, the plan was to do a shorter, more concise album, more like Earth Rocker or Psychic Warfare. But, you know, we decided to take it in a different direction this time. Whose idea was the the horns on Influx Barbarella? That was definitely Vance Powell's idea. Okay. Yeah, he brought he brought those guys in and they just killed it. So yeah. we're going to have to find a horn section to play with us eventually. <laughs> well, you guys have been playing it live. Do you just have a track on that? No, we just do it without one. Just do it. Okay. So, so was that like a, when he brought that, you're like, oh, that's awesome. Or did they, do you have to coach you a little bit? Or you were sold immediately? Oh, no, we were sold immediately. Yeah, yeah. We, we definitely worked with, uh, horn players in the past, uh, on our, on the Elephant Riders album. We have one of the Marsalises that plays trombone on two tracks, I think. At least one track. We yeah. recorded two or three tracks with him. I don't remember if one or more than one made it to the album. I think two. He plays on two tracks on Elephant Riders. And uh, the Bakerton Group stuff, our side project, also had a saxophone player on a few tracks as well. Gotcha. So it's not really something that we're that was foreign to us at all. We, mm-hmm. we love the idea immediately. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this is, I don't know, this might be a little generic question, but I, I, I want to ask it, you know, Especially nowadays, everybody's changing lineups and bands and all this kind of stuff. What's kept the four guys together so long? Um, well, we're either totally crazy or <laughs> no. Um, I feel like it's the fact, at least for me, the fact that it always feels like Clutch is moving forward. You know, we've been taking baby steps for 27 years, but it always feels like mm-hmm. we're moving forward and something's happening with the band and we're always trying to work on new material and just stay busy. That's really what it's all about. Yeah. We could have easily just, you know, once we no longer had a major label deal, we could have easily just quit and gone away and gotten real jobs. But we all enjoy doing this. We all enjoy writing new songs and playing our new songs for our fans. So I think that's really the most important thing that we've never really suffered any major setbacks. It's like we were, we were never a huge band back in the nineties that kind of had to start over. We were always just moving a little bit more forward with each tour and with each album. And we just truly enjoy playing our music to our fans. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like, you know, kind of like you were saying the baby steps that, that has to be better for the longevity than like you said, like a big bang when you came out or after the first few records, you know. It's definitely kept us around for a long time. That's for sure. Yeah, that's got to (laughs) help. Well, speaking of playing the songs live, you guys are known for changing the set list all the time. Do you guys have, like, a any kind of database where you look at, like, say you were in Tulsa last time, do you look at what you played so you don't play the same exact things, or is it just how you feel that day? Uh, It's usually just how we feel that day, but... Sometimes we go back and look at the old set list for sure to see what we played. It's been so long since we played Tulsa, though. Right. Um, that was Oklahoma City where we had to cancel the show after the first band played due to a tornado. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't remember the last time we played. I think it's been Tulsa. about three. Yeah. Three years. Back. Yeah. Is that, don't you guys rotate? Is that you? I know I read that last time. You rotate Sorry, yeah, who we, does the set list each night? Yeah, we rotate who does the set list each night because a long time ago we just got sick of getting together and making the set lists. Well, can you tell by looking at it at a set list 
say if you grab a random set list and you didn't make it, could you tell which of the other no, three guys made it? Is there like a flare to it? Not necessarily. I mean, you know, no one's going to throw anything weird up in the set list unless we practice the song a few times. It's, we're not doing it to surprise each other. We're just <laughs> <laughs> doing it to, you know, kind of keep things fresh. Well, it's cool because, you know, the, you know, if you have the same set list, it's plastered all over the internet immediately. So nowadays... So you keep the audiences guessing. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons that we started doing it in the first place, changing our set list every night, that is. Yeah. Out of sheer boredom for ourselves. <laughs> and once we realized that people were actually coming to our shows, coming to our shows more often because they knew that we were going to play different set lists. So that, that whole thing just kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. More like the Grateful Dead. <laughs> without the fan base. <laughs> well, bands are usually defined by a guitar sound and a, a voice. Like, what a what does your rhythm section bring to this band that might not be in other bands? Uh, what does uh, interesting question? Um, I don't know. I I I feel that they're equally as important to the clutch sound as vocals and guitar. Yeah. But yeah, I think the average person does listen to music from the vocals on down. Right. But luckily our drummer doesn't do that. He listens to music backwards. <laughs> he listens to the drums first, so he manages to, I don't know, make kind of a lead drum thing. I don't know really how to explain it. He's kind of like a jazz drummer. Okay. A lot like a jazz drummer. I, I get that. Yeah. He, he is a jazz drummer. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> Let's just say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, this might be kind of a corny question, but in How to Shake Hands, Neil says, Jimi Hendrix on a $20 bill and Bill Hooks on a five-note. Mm-hmm. If you were in charge, who would you put on a $100 bill and a $50 bill? Okay. Um, $100 bill and a $50 bill. Let's see. How about... Hmm. George Carlin would probably have to be the other comedian that was on there. Yes. Yeah, we agree. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I might throw Dwayne Allman up on the hundred. Nice. I like that. <laughs> I would All keep right. a hundred round. Maybe frame it if Dwayne Allman's up. All right, man. We appreciate. Yeah, thanks for your time. time. Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. me. There you go, Tim Salt from Clutch. A huge thank you to Doug Weber from New Ocean Media. Thank you to Oscar Clutch's tour manager. And of course, a mighty thank you to the man, Tim Salt himself. Of course. Yeah, that was a huge, uh, huge honor to be able to sit down with him for a little bit of time and definitely, you know, talk to him about some stuff from the new album and everything that's going on. Of course. Yeah. So, like we mentioned, Book of Bad Decisions is out now. If you haven't heard it, you are doing your ear holes a disservice. Yes. So go do your ear holes a service and listen to this record. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's 15 songs, and a lot of bands can't put 15 songs on an album and make it all killer, no filler, but fucking Clutch can. You got damn right they can. There you go. Once again, thank you to Clutch. Well, something we need to mention, we didn't mention up front, that Ollie Herbert, the guitarist from All That Remains, passed away. It was actually the day of this Clutch show. Yeah, it was. Or maybe it was the night before. Yeah, I think so. Because we were talking about it that day. Actually, I think it was early that day. I don't know. But... 
all the remains. It's it's funny because I think it was actually that day or the day before I was thinking I wanted to message you and ask if you had heard the new All the Remains songs. Yeah, you told me about that, yeah. and I hadn't. Fuck Love was one of them, and I'm trying to remember the other one. Um, because, I mean, they've really, at least from the two songs I've heard, took a step back to the original sound. Okay. You know, because the last two or three albums have, you know, it's had some classic All That Remains sound to it, but it's kind of been dominated by that change where they went to the, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, more, not really mainstream, but you know what I mean. Ollie was, of course, the original member of this band, along with um, Phil Levante. Yes. You as a fan, I mean, I know that you're a pretty big fan early on, but like, as a guitarist, I mean, where did this guy stand, you think? Um, you know, this guy was the standout in... And that's that's the one thing that I thought kind of separated all that remains or, you know, that was unique about them was, you know, he was he was like the metal guy. He was the shredder in, you know, uh, kind of a metalcore band or right maybe at times a, a radio rock band, even though they weren't always radio rock. And I don't know, that might not even be the best description. I know that. But, you know. You know, you're just, if you're getting me just right off the top of my head, I'm going to say that. I mean, the guy was, you know, the guy reminded me of, you know, some shredder from Sweden. Yeah. So, I and mean, he even had that look to him, kind of, yes. you know. He looked different than the rest of them, and it's a definite loss, that's for sure. It's it's sad. Yeah. I mean, and, we, got and we don't even really know what happened yet. Right. And, and that's not for us to know, you know. I mean, he's okay. only 44. Yeah. It's a shame. Like, we... Fortunately, got to see him the last time here back in December when they yes, opened for Alter Bridge exactly. at the Canes Ballroom. And just like always, he stood out, you know. I yeah. mean, that's a phenomenal musician. Exactly. And, of course, a huge loss to the metal world. It'll be interesting to see what how All That Remains proceeds because literally their, yeah. their album's coming out, I think, early next month. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there's tour plans already in the works. Yeah. Best of luck to them and however they choose to proceed. But I'm sure they'll honor his legacy because, you know, that's been him and Phil for 20 years now, basically. Exactly, yeah. But on to happier news, Thunder Underground Fest. What do you say? Oh, man. I, are, you, are you doing that? Are you doing that? Uh, some kind of monster thing? One word. Yeah. <laughs> man, I don't know, dude. I no, remember I, mean, I said on the Zen Hipster interview, I wasn't ever going to ask yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Um. I will if we ever man, do I, I'm so, I'm so happy, um, for multiple reasons, um, about this fest. Um, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm glad it's over in a way. Oh, I get that. Yeah, you know, because you know there were some hiccups, there was some stress, there was things to work out. You know, I had, you know, rehearsal. I mean, so I'm I'm glad it's over. Right. But it was a very fulfilling experience in many ways. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful for everybody that came out to watch us. Uh, you know, the bands say hi to you and me. I'm thankful to the bands that played. I'm thankful to everybody that helped out. I mean, it's just, I can't, I can't say enough, you know. Well, we've mentioned many times leading up to this, the, you know, a real quick recap of how this came about was we used to always yes talk about this as a joke, kind of like we'd mention a band or something and be like, well, one day at Thunder Underground Fest, yeah, 
And our friend Travis D. Davis, the drummer for Claim Your Enemy, you know, kept egging us on saying, yeah, we're going to make that happen. And we were just like, yeah, you know, just thinking mm-hmm. he was just like us, just joking. And, you know, eventually he had started Scarstruck Entertainment and then came to us and said that him, along with Mark Stevenson, had booked two dates at the Shrine to make this happen. And we were like, okay, because I mean, it was still to us just kind of a far fetched thing until yeah, and he came at us with October nineteenth and twentieth, and we we're like, okay, this is real. And, and I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, I was apprehensive at first. Yeah, because there's so many things that you have to take into consideration that we or I didn't really know about or have any experience in. So I had questions, man. You know, but we just we just decided, hey, fuck it, let's just do it and learn something and have an experience and right. and see what happens and well see it made it easier to just dive into it because yeah we know Travis yes we know what kind of guy he is and we trusted the fact that it's going to work out yeah. so we weren't hesitant it wasn't like someone out of blue we didn't know came to us and said hey let's do this yeah and Mark Stevenson was involved who's also involved with TLP Entertainment and we know what they do yeah we and know we, what they bring to the table so we weren't ever worried about this yeah you know so anyway so right off the bat major thank you to travis yes, travis definitely. d davis for making this yeah if it wasn't happen. for him it wouldn't happen yeah making spearheading this all the groundwork booking all the bands making it happen making this a reality you know so all the thanks in the world goes out to him definitely and then a huge thank you to mark stevenson and top entertainment for booking the shrine and then making this go off without a hitch. And on that note, Steve Murdoch. Oh man. He came in, you know, we talked to him just actually last week on the lead up show yes. to the event. He came in and ran the stage. He's ran the stage, the shrine countless times with his own production company, you know, when he promotes shows and he came in and worked with Mark and they got this thing off. And it is far what I could tell it went off without a hitch. Yeah. You know, so huge thank you to both of them out there for all their work for making this happen. That's right. And then, of course, a huge thank you to the Shrine itself. Oh, man. You know, that's the the first place we went when we started this to check out bands. That's Um, right. You know, and and we've been there so many times just to to see our favorite local and regional bands and national bands. Yeah. So, you know, to have them host this event was, you know, uh, it was awesome and we you know again thank you yeah yeah so a big shout out to donnie rich and the entire staff there at the shrine for allowing us to book both those nights and yeah, yeah. make this thing a reality great bartenders great door staff everything went off without a hitch so huge thank you to them of course and like jason said huge thank you to everybody that came out to this thing because if it had just been a bunch of bands and me and you watching them, it would have been like, eh, okay, this yeah. is great. Yeah, exactly. We're getting to watch these bands, but what's the point here? Yeah, but <laughs> but you guys came out. Yeah. You came out in force, and, you know, we really appreciate it. We didn't know what to expect, and uh, it was a great turnout, and thank you to everybody that decided to show up. That's right. Well, let's just jump into it then. Run through these bands real quick. So starting... Friday, the first band that kicked this thing off was from Parts Unknown. Yes. Uh, Rockabilly, uh, you know, hellbound goodness from the get-go. Yeah. Upright bass. I mean, 
it just those guys if a rockabilly band shreds it's from parts unknown that's that's for sure that's right you know what i mean yeah it's they like when so you fucking good it's like when you listen to their recorded music it has a real you know punk tinged rock rockabilly yeah. tinged vibe to it but when you hear it live it's kind of like you said it's rockabilly punk just to the max yeah and they it's did just fucking the, fuck the four horsemen oh right and and it <laughs> wasn't it wasn't snarky and it wasn't stupid they kept their fucking style but they kept the fucking speed and they kept the aggressiveness it was amazing yeah it was fucking off the chain yeah and uh during that mike starkey walked over and said i think i'm just gonna leave my upright bass in the car yeah, yeah. But as we'll talk about, I'm yeah. glad he did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yes, yeah, so if you ever get a chance to see him, Parts Unknown, they're actually on a national tour right now. That's right. Check them out. You know, we know where they're from. I don't know if they want us to say it. We've said it before, but they're from <laughs> Dallas, Texas. Yes, exactly. So if you're in the Texas area, I'm sure they play there more than they do the rest of the world. But anyway, great band to look into, and I can't wait to see them come back around again. Of course. I know Pete from the Normandies had told me that They've been here a few times, you know, unbeknownst okay. to us before they were on our radar, I guess. Nice. But yeah, I'm speaking of Mike Starkey. We've mentioned the ma- the band Murderous Mary a couple times in the last couple episodes. Because we love them and they yeah. fucking rule. Yeah. And this was, we had seen him at Badass Renee's just the week before this fest. Yes. So I was really happy to see that. So it made me even pump more pumped for this. And they delivered. And yes, they did. Like I said, he's got an upright bass that he uses on a few of their songs. And all four of these guys are great musicians. Like, we actually introduced him, and I made the comment about, you know, watch this drummer, he's going to blow your mind, yeah. Michael Davis. And you came in right after me and said, actually, all four of these guys are going to blow your mind, or That's something right. like that, That's you know, right. to set me straight. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I got to do what I got to do, man. Yeah. But it's just, <laughs> it's great, like... You said last time it's just a great solid rock band. That's right. And they've got like the guitar work just has almost like a soulful feel to it. Of course. And I'm not, I don't want to say a name. I think it was Andy Chapman, but someone we were talking about, we're talking about them later after they had played. Yeah. And they said, this almost reminds me of like, it's good mushroom music. You know, if I was on mushrooms, you know, I, this is what I want to hear right now. You Man, know? there you go. And I'm go. like, hey, that's a good way to put it because I was trying to think of how to describe it, right? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> they're a solid rock band and we always need more of that. Yeah. Because they're like so the, much heavy. They're so much fast. And we love that. But, you know, this town, this nation needs just solid rock and roll. Yeah, that's true. It, it's truth. And speaking of solid rock and roll and solid hard rock bands. After them was the band Zen Hipster. Oh, man. It was pretty lame, dude. Who are they? Fuck them. <laughs> we're going to keep quoting that dude forever. No uh, one no. knows what we're talking yeah, about. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I don't care if they know or not. <laughs> I know, because it's gonna, one of the greatest quotes in history. Them. Fuck them. Who are they? <laughs> well, Zen Hipster, first show in five and a half years. What? Third show in 15 years, basically, probably? Pretty much, yeah. So, just up front, I'll just let you take this. Like, for those of you that don't know, Jason is the rhythm guitarist for this band. Uh huh. Like, how did how did it feel? What was it like? What was the experience like? Because I know you were a little nervous leading up to it since it had been a while. But yeah, you know, the, a couple of days before, 
I was nervous about it. And the day of, I wasn't really nervous for some reason. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know. I might have looked nervous to some, but I wasn't. But it felt great to get up there. Um, it felt great to play again. You know, once once that first note was hit, it all just left and, and felt good. And all the stress of everything we had to do that week. And, and it was just a great, a great experience. And it felt good. Um, that was probably, it was a great, we had a great turnout watching this and that felt good. You know, we, we had a little bit of technical difficulty with, uh, Eric Bass's bass, but you know, a Severmind stepped up and let us borrow bass and we thanked them immensely. That's right. And we powered through and we had a great set. Um, you know, went off without a hitch. Uh, it felt good to play. I think everybody played uh, to their, you know, to their full talent. And it was just a blast. It was a blast. That's good to hear. Standing at, you know, being someone that had seen a ton of your shows back in the day. Yes. Back in the late nineties, early two thousands, I guess, you know, I always remembered all those shows. You guys sounded good, sounded good, solid, tight, hard rock band, but just something about it. Watching it here, I'm just like, this seems even better than before. You know, it's been so long, yeah. but just in my head, that's just, maybe that's just because it was cool because it was back, but that's just how I felt. Yeah. And then that's what Laura from Porch Talk, Chris and Laura told yeah. me as well, because, you know, she saw several of those shows back then as well. And she said she thought it was better than ever. So I commend you guys for coming back after that long and sounding that fucking solid because. Well, thank you. Yeah, there were. I'm not exaggerating, probably 10 or 12 different people from the bands playing, you know, Mark Stevenson that just came up to me and were like, man, these guys are fucking great. These guys are solid, tight. You know, that was a couple things, you know, Steven from Solidify, you know, these guys are fucking amazing, blah, blah, blah. So it's just cool that, you know, all the <coughs> other bands are out there checking it out because a lot of them, because they knew you. Yeah. And you know, for everybody to be that pumped about it. I know Steve Murdoch said the same thing. So just for me, that was even, that was cool as hell just to hear that response that people are coming up to me and telling me to tell you or whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that coming from you and from everybody that you mentioned, you know, it, I, that was, we knew, we knew that, you know, we were going to be watched and we, you know, I knew that, you know, I'm part of Thunder Underground. So people are going to check this out. So I better have my goddamn ducks in a row. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I didn't, but I made sure I looked like I did. <laughs> well, I know um, several people mentioned to me and I heard him mention to you, you know, your riffs are on fucking point and all this, you know, talking about the riffage and you were downplaying it, but you know, it's well, fucking true. Well, thank you. And, you know, I, I, I appreciate everybody's words. I, I hope to do it again. I think we're going to do it again. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have a thing or two in 2019 we're talking about. Good deal. So we'll see. And, yeah. you know, we'll just see. So, yeah. So, yeah. It that, was that great was, to see. That was awesome. Eric Reese up on stage welling and fucking Josh behind the drums again because, yeah. you know, all four of you guys. Dude, Eric Bass is a fucking bass monster. Yeah. You know, I fucking, I noticed, uh, you know, I noticed Travis from Let's Up the Dogs was just like, you know, enamored by him. Oh, as yeah. As well as he should be, because Eric Bass is a fucking beast on the bass guitar. Yeah. There you go, everybody. More Zen Hipster to come.
I hope. <laughs> well, followed up by that with some Solidify. Great band. Great rock band out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Just stomping all over the stage. Yeah. They did a fantastic cover of The Chain, Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. You know, all their original stuff solid. We played them a couple times now in the podcast. Just a fantastic, straight across the board, hard rock band that I can't say enough good things about. You know, we've seen them now multiple times and just hugely glad to have them a part of this thing. Of course. And looking forward to, you know, what else they've got coming up. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're you know, they're as rock solid as ever, and I was so glad to have them part of it. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Solidify. You will not be disappointed if you like good hard rock That's and roll. That's right. Well, behind them was Machine in the Mountain. And they had Daryl Dean from Seraphim filling in on bass guitar. Yeah. And for someone that... um, Dude, I couldn't do that. Yeah, that it only... All those songs. I believe they said he had nine days, I think. Jesus Christ. To learn the six or seven songs they played. And I would be fired after one rehearsal. Yeah. For him to come in and pull that shit off with that technicality. It's amazing. Yeah, it is super amazing. Because, I've, I mean, we talk about this every time we see them. This band is a sight to behold. Yes, yes, they are. They're one of my favorite bands in this area, without a doubt. I urge anyone to check them out. They've got several EPs out, and they've got another one coming in 2019. An instrumental, progressive-style metal band that will just knock you on your fucking ass. That's right. Their songs... You know, as cheesy as this phrase sounds, their songs tell a fucking story to the point that you're never thinking, you know, this is an instrumental band. Yeah. You know, some instrumental bands are just like, oh, this is cool. You know, you're like listening to fucking Steve Vai well for a while. And you're like, <laughs> I mean, Steve Vai, you know, is fucking amazing, but that's <clears throat> but a bad example. But you know what I mean? you think, where's the singer? You don't think that yeah. would machine them out. Yeah, you're you like, this is a little wankery to. shit going on over here. But no, this. No, yeah, this is legit shit here. Yeah, maybe Inge is someone I should have said. You know, when he's going off and you're just like, shut the fuck up. I don't care how technical you are. We need some fucking vocals. Dude, <laughs> fucking Van is Porsche's trans okay. hammer with the fuck ever. But with Machine in the Mountain. Stupid fucking chest hair. <laughs> okay, sorry. Machine in the Mountain, you never think about that. No. Because they're so damn amazing. Yeah, exactly. And we love them. And we hope to get them back on this podcast soon enough. That's right. Because it's been quite a while now. But yeah, so huge shout out to them for yet another amazing set. Or following them was CJ McClellan. Del Diver from Grind. Yes. Doing an acoustic set. That's right. They did about a 20 minute acoustic set. I mean, we know what Grind brings as far as being just a solid kick ass rock band. Oh, yeah. So, you know, this translates very well to acoustic and it's, you know, just upbeat, high energy. That's right. Good time rock and roll. I can't say enough about either. It's kind of yeah. funny to see CJ on stage not doing the kicks and stuff, <laughs> but I think he mentioned that. You know, I can't do my kicks or something like that. But, but, but you know, <laughs> in an acoustic sense, they fucking brought it. And, you know, it it was great to be able to work out to have Grind represented on this festival. I'm glad we could do it. That's right. And Dell is uh, the consummate fucking frontman. Of course. This guy's full of fucking pomp and circumstance. That's right. You have to pay Whether the he's Dell on stage or not. That's yes. right. <laughs> Dill Diver Tax is a thing. Yeah. I love that man. And all you should too. I'm not afraid to say it. All right. Severmind was next. Yes, they were. This was my first time to see him with their new singer, Thad Timothy. 
this was your third time. You've yes. actually seen him every time. They every played time him. with a new singer. That's right. So what do you think? I, I've I've explained them. I've talked about him on yeah. this podcast before. I want to hear what you think. Yeah, you've mentioned it. You've talked yes. him up. Said that it's a great show, great addition, and I agree. I mean, he's a great singer. Has a more, what's the word, maybe melodic vibe. Of course. Than the previous singer Heath had. Okay. And it's, they always have this classic metal sound. But I think some of their stuff with the way he sings makes it even more so that. But yes. it, it doesn't sound, I'm not saying that to make it sound like it sounds dated. But I just mean that with that more melodic voice, it even lends it more to that, just that classic heavy metal. That's right. That we all love. Yeah. And, there, you know, there's hooks and, yeah. And he brings uh, an attitude and a front man style just energy to the stage. That's right. And, you know, I, I love him. Always have, always will. Hell yeah. And we, like we mentioned, you mentioned last week that they're coming up on this podcast again soon. I think so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. So we'll be bringing that to you soon enough. Of course. But before we do, let's get into a new song from him right now. Do it. Brand new from Severmind. This is called Redeemer. <laughs>
Redeemer, brand new track from Severmind. That song is kick-ass, kind of like I just described, has that classic metal feel to it. That's right. It's a great sing-along song, as you can tell in that chorus. And as I saw live at Thunder Underground Fest, you know, he has the crowd into it. There you go. Yeah, so look for more new stuff coming from Severmind with their new vocalist, Thad. And we'll be bringing bringing it to you when they do bring it out. And of course, like I said, they'll be coming up on this podcast very soon. Oh, for sure. All right, finally, on Friday night, this thing got closed out by our great friends in the band Fist of Rage. That's right. And this was actually the first time I had seen Fist of Rage with their new vocals. Same here. Oh, I thought you had seen him once. No, I had not seen him. I I was supposed to see him at that Tulsa tribute, but um, alcohol had a different plan for me that night. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, that's all we need to say about that, Neil. Okay. So, what are your thoughts on what uh, Brax, was what Brax I mean, brings to this? Uh, you know, it, he he brought, he, you know, he brought a, a, a different kind of heaviness to it. There was, you know, there was still melodic stuff going on. Um, but, you know, I loved what they had going on. And um, the songs are still memorable. I, I mean, you know, they couldn't have found a better front man. Yeah. You know, if, if a, Andy had to leave, this is the best thing they could have done. Yeah. Yeah. A totally different style, but it still totally but it fits. Worked. It still worked. Yeah. Exactly. Which goes a long way to talk about Fist of Rage. Like yeah. if, if you're that, if you're that good of a band that you can take two guys with two totally different style voices and your band is still fucking great. Exactly. You know, that says a lot for V and Paulette and the new members now are Buddy Lincoln. Yes. <laughs> and. New drummer Josh Baker, That's not right. to be confused with, with the drummer of Zenith. Yeah, there's two Josh Bakers here. <laughs> but yeah, Fist of Rage kicks ass, and then to top it all off, Andy Chapman came out, yes, and watched this band to support them, and then he got on stage and they sang "Feels Like Heaven" together. Fuck yeah, Andy and Brax. So that just goes to show you that things are good. Yes, with these guys, Andy. <coughs> is a awesome dude. We're so happy to have gotten to know him throughout the years and be a part of this podcast. And Definitely. A friend now. Same with all these guys with Brax and everybody in the band. And so that was really cool to see, you know, to see that collaboration. There's a couple more coming up we're going to talk about, but I was very glad to be able to be in attendance for that one. Oh, of course. But yeah, that, that wrapped it up on Friday. So going into Saturday, we kick this thing off at the beginning. With Sign of Lies. Oh, man. And talk about kicking a show off. They do it. They kick a show off. I mean, it doesn't matter where they're at on the bill. They're going to kick your ass. Yes, they are. And like we've talked about countless times with our our friends in the band Less Than Human, these guys are very young, but extremely on point, extremely talented, amazing musicians. Yes. Full of energy. Like when it started, Eric was... Off the stage over on that side platform area where all the the gear was being stacked. I think he was standing on top of an amp or something. Yeah. And then he jumped off and then went up on stage. And they kicked the show off with this amazing long instrumental. Mm-hmm. And then they went into one of their songs where he was singing. And then after that, they brought out their new front man. Yes. Devin LaCour. Okay. So they kind of like transitioned into it with a couple songs. And then brought him out to sing the stuff. Yeah. And... It brought a totally different element to what they're doing because he's got a totally different singing style. 
but kind of like we said, a fist of rage, it totally works perfect. Yeah. And, you know, just cool to see, see Devin stretching his, his talent and this band is, like you mentioned the last time we talked about him. I mean, this band's going places, I think. Yeah, they're young and hungry and they're ready for it, man. Yeah. And then a, another collaboration. It was, great, it was great to see him. Yeah, collaboration on this one was they brought up Logan Lewis from Wooden Bone. The vocalist for Wooden Bone got up there and he's got, you know, rough, growly yeah, style he's vocals. Yeah, brutal stuff, yeah. And he sang that along with, with, you know, Devin's clean, you know, higher register vocals and it worked out fucking perfect. Yeah. I was a huge fan of that collaboration personally and I'm just, would love to see some more of that, you know, and that got me pumped to see Wooden Bone after seeing him do that because yeah. I had not seen them. Definitely. And they were actually up next. They did not disappoint from, you know, what I'd heard about them from Mark and Travis were like, you know, they've kind of got this Megadeth vibe with heavier vocals and they didn't, you know, from the stuff we played them last week on the podcast, their song Apprentice. I mean, they flat out brought it. Yeah, pretty brutal stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's full on, like you said, brutal vocals with just straight up balls out heavy metal. So, yeah, check out Wooden Bone if you get a chance. They're out of, I believe it's Paul's Valley. It's near near Oklahoma City. Yes. So, check these guys out. You will not be disappointed. Speaking of Oklahoma City, they were followed by the band Archon. Holy shit. Kind of like we mentioned every time we mentioned Machine and Mountain or something, you know, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but fucking Archon is yeah. a band that we latched on to early on yeah. doing this podcast and became a, a friend of Andy Papadopoulos's. Ever since then, every chance you get to see him, it just gets better and better. Oh, yeah. I mean, Andy's <laughs> a great guy. They're thrashy. They're They're just balls out metal. It's like, you know. If you took the big four um, and had them all in an orgy in Oklahoma and the baby would be Archon. Oh, shit. That's a great way to say it. And, you know, uh, like I've said on this podcast a million times before, Andy Papadopoulos is guitar player extraordinaire. It was just, it was great to hear him again. It was awesome. Yeah. I mean, they fucking laid it down. Yes, they did. Like they always do. And... And, and it was great to get them into Tulsa because more people around here need to know about this band. Yeah, I believe it was. They are so fucking good. Sprout came up to me. I think you told me he didn't you as well and told me, damn, these guys are dope. Yeah, they're dope. They're killing it. You know. And, yeah, I mean, and you know, on that point, Andy came up to me during Sprout and said, dude, this dude's fucking great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just yeah. kind of cool to see people seeing other musicians exactly. they haven't seen. That's what it's about, man. Yeah. So very proud to be able to. To be partly responsible uh, for that, I course, guess. Of course, of course. But yeah, Archon, look these guys up. If you love, like you said, the big four, you will fucking love these guys. That was followed up by, like I mentioned, Sprout. Yes. The anti-hero. Did Sp his thing. Yeah, Sprout's got his solo thing going on. And he's been doing dates the last couple months or more. Every Friday, Saturday, pretty much. He's out of yeah. town hitting Texas, Missouri. Kansas, Kansas, Arkansas, everywhere. You know, I went out on tour with him back in June with yeah. Dusty Grant. You know, went up into Nebraska as well. Just a kick-ass acoustic music with this, you know, a dark brooding vibe. Yeah. That shows another side of Sprout's, you know, not just lyrical content, but his vocals. Yeah. Because we know what he can do in a metal band. We've known that for years and years. Yeah. 
but now to see them in this setting where yeah, it's just another level. Dark and brooding is a great way to put it. Yeah. So yeah, look up Sprout the Inner Hero. He should have an EP of solo music coming here in the coming months, I believe. That is right. Well, he was followed by Driver. Yes. And we've now been fortunate enough to see them several times with their new singer, Brandon. Yes. and Always solid, always put on a good show. It's like it's like heavy metal with just maybe a tinge of power metal. Yeah. It's like if you took modern metal <coughs> and mixed it with a little bit of power metal. Yes. You've got, because you've got the phenomenal dual guitar attack. Yeah, and you've got hooks. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's... That's what Driver always brings is, is a catchy hook. Yeah, besides just great vocals and lyrical stuff that would get stuck in your head, like you said, the hooks, the guitar, the the riffs get stuck in your head as well. Yeah. And that's what you want. That's right. And, you, I mean, you've got an amazing rhythm section with Robin and Mike, and Mike with that amazing drum set that these guys just never cease to just deliver the fuck out of the stage, you know? Yeah. And I'm, you know, so proud that they were a part of this. Yeah, th- thanks to them. I mean... They're one of the first ones that we covered, so yeah, it was great. Yeah, Mike was one of the first guys in the early days to be on this podcast, and like yeah. you mentioned, they were at that first show with Severmind. Coincidentally enough, Brandon was as well with his band Shiner yep. that he used to be in. Yep. And, and Blackwater Rebellion, which that's right. Mike Starkey was in. That's right, so this all comes together. Yeah, it does. It's great. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Where are we at now? Sorry. Locust Grove, I Locust think. Grove. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I got some stuff. I mean, you've seen him before. I never saw him. I've been listening to him. Super pumped. I mean, it's just like, it's it's Southern, you know, it's Southern tinge, just riff fucking, you know, groove metal at its finest. That's right. Um, I mean, it was just stomp, stomp, stomp. You know, I mean, and, and it was so satisfying and so good for the soul. You Did know. you say this is your first time seeing him? Yeah, it's my first time. Holy shit. Yeah, never seen him before. Um, and, you know, one thing else I wanted, really wanted to mention is, you know, a lot of times when you see people playing a fucking dime bag guitar, you're like, oh, fuck. Okay, yeah, we know. You fucking love dime bag. His guitar was so, so specific, it's hard to see anything but dime bag. Right. But when, but for some reason, this is a first and only time I've ever seen this. Zane puts it on, and he's got Zane puts that guitar on, and he's got it in his own way. He's got the strap, and he's got it painted, and he's got it decorated. Uh, decorated sounds stupid, <laughs> but he's got it customized to his way. And to see him play it, it, it makes it his own, and it looks so fucking cool. And I just, you know, congrats to him on that. And, you know, to, to, to the normal, just, you know, non-musician, maybe it doesn't seem like a big deal, but to me that is. And, and that's you know, probably high and, praise too. And you know? nothing against Dime because he's one of the gods, but I didn't think about Dime. I thought about Zane and I thought that's his fucking guitar and they fucking laid it down, you know? So, I mean, I loved him and I was, I was so glad to finally get to see him live. And they didn't fucking disappoint me. Yeah. I've seen them a few times now. This is probably the fifth time, I guess. And I was honestly more pumped to see them probably than anybody on this whole show just because of knowing how great they are. And like you said, 
it did not disappoint. And these four guys are like, I just love it when I see a band, you know, because you see a lot of bands where there's one or a couple guys that are really energetic. Yeah. And you don't need that. I mean, like we talked about with Clutch. Yeah. There's three guys that aren't energetic, but it's still exactly. one of the best yeah, live yeah, bands yeah. you'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But whenever I see a band like this where all four guys are just over Going the fucking off. top, and it's not to a point of just, hey, we're doing this because we've got a cover for something. Yeah, it's awesome. You know, we're we're just doing it because we're into this, and it's yeah. fucking badass. And I, I fucking love that. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. And it was just unbelievable. And then to top it off, they brought up Sprout. Oh, man. And they did a cover. Bury Me in Smoke. Yeah, by Down. Yes. And I had actually seen them do this at Rocklahoma. I believe it was not this one, but the last one, like 2018. Yeah. And I asked Sprout afterwards if that's the first time since then. And he said, yeah. Yeah. And just fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, that was, dude, that was crushing. Yeah. You know, not to take away from anybody on this entire show, but to me, that song, that was the highlight of the whole show. Yeah. Just because as much as we love Sprout, and love Locust Grove just to combine that and it to be so seamlessly and effortlessly. Yeah. After, you know, there's no rehearsal on that. Exactly. Because Sprout came directly from playing with the mighty John Karabi in yes, Kansas City to, exactly. to play our show. That's right. So anyway, yeah. Thank you to Locust Grove for doing this show. It was a big honor for them to say yes. Yes, so, definitely a huge honor. So look up Locust Grove if you're hearing us talk about them and you're like, what? I just thought that was a fucking town in Oklahoma. No, it's an amazing band. Out of the Oklahoma City area, with That's roots right. in Chickasha, Oklahoma, where Which my you have family in, yeah, where my grandmother is from, where I've got several cousins. So That's right. That's awesome. Big ups to Chickasha. That's right. All right. So, like I said, not to take away from anyone, but the band after Locust Grove put on a show just as good as Locust Grove. Let me tell you something. This was my favorite band of the whole goddamn night. Are you the, saying? Yeah, I'm not. Fuck, I'm not fucking kidding you. I loved all the bands. Don't get me wrong, but this is the fucking <laughs> awesome shit. Okay, this is the Normandies. They're a punk rock band, and they're the nicest fucking guys, and they were so appreciative. They're so polite to us. They're so helpful. Um, you know, they, they, I'm not going to go into some shit, but, you know, they were kind of, a, they were a little bit more of a victim of some of the hiccups of the logistics as some of the other bands, and they rolled with it, and they fucking made the best of it. And, you know, they had fun with it and, you know, they, they made the best of being the punk band on a metal bill. Um, and, and, you know, they had fun and they were cool, but at the same time, they thumbed their nose a little bit, you know, just maybe a little bit of a middle finger in a playful way. And, you know, I thought that, and to me, when, when shit like that goes down, I always love it. Right. Um, you know, so, uh, for them to get up there in their spandex and their metal wigs, um, it was fucking great. I thought it was smart and funny, and you know, I, I liked that they they had the the crazy fucking radio rock light set up, shut down, and they went to just the normal, you know, spotlights like it should have been, um, and, and they fucking. They just laid it all out there and they just went crazy. And for me, I don't know. I really appreciated that and I got it and I'm glad they did that. For those who weren't there, like you mentioned, they all five put on the the long hair wigs, the metal wigs and the, you know, get up, all that. And then they opened with about 45 (laughs) seconds of Sweet Child of Mine. uh, You know, a kind of sloppy version of Sweet, sloppy on purpose version of Sweet Child of Mine. Yep. 
and then went straight into one of their songs. Yep. And 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 that's what I you know, and, and all that to say all that, but their songs are fucking great, amazing. Oh and yeah. They're great live anyways. Yeah, the album that they had that came out I guess it's two years ago now. Yeah. It's fucking phenomenal. Oh and, yeah. I mean I put these guys up there at a level of punk bands that are national that yes. they should be, you know, like they should be on tour opening for fucking Rancid right now. Yeah, they really should be. You know, Social no D's shit. out on tour right now. Why the fuck isn't yep. the Normandy's opening up for them? You yep. know, that this band, if people out there that love the Street Dogs or the Norman, um, the Normandy's, Rancid, anything like that, yeah. and you saw these guys on a bill in fucking Poughkeepsie, New York, you'd be like, fuck yes. Yeah. And they did fucking punk rock and roll by the street dogs. Yeah. Which is fucking amazing. Which we saw them do that at the Vanguard once. Yes. So in the back of my head, I was hoping they would. And they did. Um, I just, and, you know. And they did Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham. They fucking did do Holiday Road. That's why I'm saying this is the best fucking band of the night. I'm, I'm, I don't give a fuck, whatever. They were fucking awesome. And I'm so glad they played. And I'm very thankful for the Normandies that they exist and they decided to play our festival uh, very humble yeah because i mean like we said this show this whole fest was opened by a punk band and closed by a punk band i think and it's great it worked out great both of them of course put on phenomenal shows yes and i know that you know a lot of people that came to this probably don't listen to much punk so and you know people hung around and you could tell people were into it because they put yeah. on a fucking great show whether you're into that or not yeah and there was even a guy that showed up that I was talking to that said that he was in town for work and he just Googled something like punk rock Tulsa yeah. and a hit came up on the Normandies for their show at the underground fest. And that's why he was there. Really? That's fucking great. Yeah. And then after the show, he's just like, fuck yeah, these guys are great. And I'm like, I told you. See, that's awesome. <laughs> that That's what it's about, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that guy bought some Normandies merch. I really do. Yeah. I don't know, but I hope, but yeah, like we said, Every single one of these bands, there was not a performance that was lackluster, and I'm not just saying that just yeah. to like sound good to these people or to any band that was there. We fucking loved. I fucking loved everything that happened. Yes, every single show. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't know how many times we can say thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's never enough. Um, you guys made it possible. We're super fucking humbled. We, you know, we are we are nothing to you guys. We are like a pimple on a pimple on a pimple on the ass of all you bands and fans <laughs> and crew. We are very ugly. You are super good looking. We are <laughs> stupid. You are super smart. You're geniuses. We can't thank you enough, and we're very appreciative. Yeah, and I want to throw a shout out to Lesson Human. Yes, yes, definitely. They had to drop off actually the day before the show because. Their guitarist, Brittany, burned all the fingers, the tips of all her fingers. Yes. And they said that this happened like maybe Wednesday, and then she tried. They did a rehearsal Thursday night. Yeah, they really tried. To see if she could pull it off, and she just couldn't do it. Yeah. So, first off, a huge shout out to her for even, even attempting, attempting to do that. yes. And then... Again, it's just, you know, tough as hell, and we appreciate it. Yeah. And then not only that, they still showed up. Yeah, they showed up and hung out and stuff. Yeah, and, you know, we yeah. talked to them. They saw some bands. They yeah. even bought some Thunderground merch. So a big shout-out to, yes. to Less Than Human for not getting to play, but if there's another one of these things, then I guarantee you they'll probably be on it. That's right. Absolute professionalism. Yeah. Just 
fucking amazing people and thanks to them. Yeah, and that's a band that another band, like we said about several of these, if you get the chance to see them, do not miss out. Yes. They will knock you on your fucking ass in that venue wherever you're at. But yeah, like you said, immense thanks once again, Travis D. Davis, Mark Stevenson, Tony Proctor, Donnie Rich, Steve Murdoch. And in the top all this off, we didn't even mention during all this that Steve Ray was hosting this That's and right. he, you know, got up there and announced the majority of the bands. And for us, like Steve Murdoch mentioned before, one of the times he's like, you people realize this is fucking rock and roll royalty right here. It is. And for us, it was a major honor to have him. Oh man. And go back just like three episodes ago. He was on his podcast talking about, you know, this fest and a bunch of other stuff. We're yeah, massive fans of this guy since we were young, so it was just a huge honor. Uh, yeah, to have him there was just, it was everything. And that's not just a, a caption people put on pictures on their Facebook. <laughs> it was everything to have him there, and we are super appreciative. Without a doubt. But yeah, so everybody that came, thank you so much. We appreciate it immensely. And like we said, maybe there'll be another one. I hope so. We'll yeah. see. All right, coming up, we've got all kinds of great stuff, but we're not going to tell you about it yet. You'll be surprised here in the next few days. That's hopefully. right. That's right. And if this is your first time listening, or if you've listened many times and you've got some stuff to go back, check out. We've got 193 episodes you can. That's SoundCloud.com right. backslash thunder-underground. You can listen on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google, all that great stuff, thethunderunderground.com. We've had on everyone from Gene Simmons to Shooter Jennings. Glam bands, punk bands, thrash bands, metal bands. Dave Elvison from Megadeth. The list is huge. Oh, yeah. You name it. We I don't, don't need even, to keep repeating yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm freezing yeah. up. I just can't even think. But we've had everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know. Like we said, Saxon, Prong, Tesla. They've all been here. That's right. Many more to come. Like we mentioned, these 15 or 16 bands we just talked about, a good majority of them have been on here as well. Yes, they have. So just dig through these and check them out. Once again. If you got any gripes or concerns or complaints or praises, underground at gmail.com or the comments here on Facebook or Twitter or anything. Yeah, we might read them on the show. Yeah, there's a good chance we will. Like I said, and if they're bad ones, we'll make fun of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to every band that was a part of this. Yes. A big thank you again to Tim Sultan Clutch. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.